First Class Fatherhood. That is where Alec Lace comes in with his popular podcast. And one of the most interesting was on a podcast. Alec Lace interviews high-profile fathers from actors to NFL players with a vision to change the narrative of fatherhood and family life. Welcome, everybody, to episode 731 of First Class Fatherhood. I'm happy and honored, as always, to be here with you guys. Thank you for stopping by. And we are celebrating veterans this week as we head into Veterans Day this weekend. And I have got the perfect guest for you guys today. Tim Sheehy joins me on the podcast today. Tim is a former U.S. Navy SEAL. He served as a frogman between 2004 and 2014. He is a highly decorated combat veteran, receiving the Bronze Star with Valor, as well as the Purple Heart. He completed over 200 missions all over the world, including Iraq and Afghanistan. He was wounded in combat and then medically discharged. After leaving the service, Tim started a business in Montana, Bridger Airspace, which employs more than 300 people. Tim is also an active firefighting pilot. Uh, he fights wildfires in Montana. He has also now thrown his hat into the political arena. He is running for U.S. Senate. It's an honor to have him on the podcast today. Tim Sheehy is going to be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Tim was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So you're going to watch today's conversation between the U.S. Navy SEAL and myself. Please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And as I mentioned, Tim is running for U.S. Senate in Montana. We're not going to really dive too much into the politics at all today, but I did do a phenomenal interview with Tim last week on my new show, The Alec Lay Show, in which we do dive right into all the political topics. So if you're interested in hearing a more political conversation, follow me on Rumble, First Class Fatherhood, and you can watch The Alec Lay Show on there. I had Tim on the show last week. He joined me on the same episode where I had Alan Dershowitz. So if you guys are more interested in more of the political conversations that I have, follow me on Rumble, First Class Fatherhood. The link is down there in the description of today's podcast episode as well. And you guys know how much I love and admire the U.S. Navy SEALs. I just did the swim with the SEALs across the Hudson River uh, this past August. I've had so many of them on the podcast here. You guys know it. I, I've had Jocko Willink, Marcus Luttrell, Rob O'Neill, uh, so many U.S. Navy SEALs and so many other veterans uh, for that matter. So many veterans. I make it a point to bring on as many military dads as possible. Now, I've interviewed over 730 dads on the podcast here. At least 125 of them or more have been veterans. Uh, I do try to bring on as many military dads as I can. I love when I have the opportunity to speak to our military dads. Always grateful for the service that they provide for this country and fighting for the freedoms that we all really at so many times just take for granted. And we would definitely miss them if they were gone. So Thank you to all of you out there, all of you listeners out there who have served our country, all you men and women. I am grateful for your service. Thank you for tuning into the podcast here. Hope you enjoy this one coming your way right now. And the holidays are right around the corner here, and the savings has begun on MyPillow.com. You can use the promo code FATHERHOOD over at MyPillow.com and save up to 80% right now on your order. There's so many items that they have marked down. They have their Black Friday sale, which has started already. So get over to MyPillow.com, use the promo code FATHERHOOD, save up to 80% on your order on select items. The Giza Dream Sheets right now, I believe, are the lowest price they've ever been. Also, the MyPillow Slippers, you could save like 90 bucks by using the promo code. So get on over to MyPillow.com and use the promo code FATHERHOOD. And so let's do this. Again, thank you to everybody out there who has served. I hope everybody gets the opportunity to maybe take in a Veterans Day parade this weekend in your town, in your local town, and at least speak to your kids about the veterans and the sacrifices they have made for our country. And we're going to jump into all that right now with a great veteran, a great American hero right now, 
So as always, please help me spread the word about today's podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. You guys know it. Every day is Father's Day right here on the podcast. And here comes my interview straight up with former U.S. Navy SEAL Tim Sheehy on First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father Tim Sheehy. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. It's an honor to have you here. Let's start like this. How many kids do you have? How old are they? I got four kids, four, six, eight, and ten. Two boys and two girls. Yeah, I got, I'm got. i right there with you. I got four kids. We had three boys, then got the girl on our fourth try. Otherwise, we'd have five by now. <laughs> but we got her, and uh, that's the name of that tune. So uh, if you could, Tim, please take a second to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Absolutely. Tim Sheehy. Uh, I was a U.S. Navy SEAL officer and team leader, did several deployments overseas, my wife was a Marine. We met in the service. Both of us were combat veterans. Uh, loved the military. Loved leading my, my team around the world. Um, about 200 missions all over the all over the place, primarily Iraq and Afghanistan, but also South South America and elsewhere. And uh, it was an honor of my life to lead Americans uh, on the field of battle. Ended up getting wounded, and uh, medically that spelled the end of my career. So my wife and I decided uh, no time like the present. We had an idea for a business, so we started our businesses here in Montana. And the focus was taking the close air support model that we'd used in combat of enhanced aerial surveillance and technologies that supported my teams on the ground and applying it to non-military tasks. And that, that's created our firefighting company, uh, Bridger Aerospace. And we're uh, one of the largest aerial firefighting companies in the world. So we literally fight wildfires from the air, planes that drop the water on the fire. We do the infrared mapping, the surveillance and, and management of, of wildfires from the air. It's an amazing mission. Uh, we've created a few hundred jobs and, and we're incredibly proud of our business and, and, uh, and uh, what it's meant for the veteran community in the state. Um, we're all veteran founding team. And, um, and it's been a fun, wonderful journey for the last nine years, creating jobs and especially creating jobs in such an important mission uh, like public safety fighting fires. And, and just uh, earlier this year, we decided, given the political landscape in this country and what's going on, uh, it's time for a new generation of leaders to step up and, and try to return common sense uh, and truth uh, to our government. So we're now running for the U.S. Senate. I, I say we because it is a team effort. My wife and I and my kids, it, it's a huge commitment. Um, but we're running for the U.S. Senate for the 2024 Senate race here and hopefully um, uh, uh, hopefully return some common sense to America's America's congressional bodies. Yeah, I'm going to circle back to your Senate race in just a second here. And thank you and your wife for your service. And, and so take me back then 10 years ago. You said I think you said your oldest was 10. Uh, how old were you when you first became a dad? Where were you at in your career and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? Well, it changes everything, as you know, as most parents know, you know, it's stepping through the looking glass, you know, your perspective on everything just transforms. And I remember the day for me, it really transformed. Actually, I was still a Navy SEAL officer. So uh, we had just had our first child, my wife and I, at that point, we'd just been transferred to Hawaii. So we were, uh, my wife was a Marine. I was a SEAL at the time. We were both in Hawaii and we had our first child, our, our, our oldest daughter, Annabelle, who just uh, turned 10 a few weeks ago. And, um, you know, it forces you to reevaluate everything about your life because now it's you're not just thinking about the impact of what you do and who you are, but everything now is through the eyes of what will this do for my child? What you know, how will my child view this? What impact will this have on my child in 10 years? And and if I'm in any sort of function, whether it's military or government or business, what will the actions I'm taking now, how will they impact the world that my child will inherit? So it really puts your brain into a different gear and a different perspective. And I remember for, for me, it was I was jumping out of a plane over the Pacific Ocean. We were doing a, a parachute jump 
over the open ocean where we'd push boats out of the back of a plane then we'd jump out and free fall parachute after the boats and, and, and the drill was to be able to deploy a SEAL team and boats quickly into a maritime environment and you know obviously there are rules and then there's how you really do things within your SEAL team and and you know oftentimes there was this kind of you know competition of you know who would open their parachute lower because you know the, the whoever opened lower landed first on the ground. So it was kind of a race who can get to the ground first, because the sooner open you shoot, obviously you float down slower. So you want to fall as long as you can and open as low as you can and win. And, um, you know, I, I was determined to win that jump. And I remembered coming down and, and, and I did, I pulled my shoot last and, and it opened and, and I landed. And I remember when I hit the water and I said, man, that was, that was really stupid. You know, like I'm a father now. And I'm out here playing stupid games, you know, macho games that all of us in our 20s play um, for no reason other than just because I wanted to be the tough guy and realizing that, you know, it, your mind moves so fast in those moments, you know, whether you're in combat, whether you're in a car accident, plane crash, whatever traumatic event you may be. And so much happens, you know, the process in your brain moves a thousand times faster in those moments of extreme adrenaline. And I remember, you know, as I was hitting the water, it went through my mind. Um, man, you can't do stuff like that anymore. You, you, you got a baby, you got, you got a baby child that's expecting you. You can never replace a child's father. It sounds terrible, but as a parent, you can have another child, you know, um, as a husband or a wife, you can get remarried. Um, but being a father, uh, a father and a mother are two irreplaceable roles in someone's life. And um, it made me, made me realize that pretty quick. Yeah, wow. R really well said, Tim. And I, I often, I mean, there's one of the many reasons why I respect so many of the men and women that serve in the military, especially the, the ones that have kids, because I can't even imagine. Like, I, I work, you know, sometimes I'll pick up a shift overnight, uh, overtime on the railroad, and I'm away from the kids 16 hours or whatever it is. And that drives me nuts. Thank God we have the FaceTime and stuff now to check in. But to be deployed overseas for months with your life on the line, like, I can't even begin to comprehend what that has to be like as a father and or as a mother and have to be deployed that way away from your child was um uh at what point how old were your kids when you were medically uh retired from what, what, what stage were you at in your journey mm -hmm. there as, as a father when you came out of the military and then yeah, and, and your wife did you was she still serving as well yeah we both served together and then um about a year into our our, our daughter was a year old when we both got out i'd been injured uh for the final time i i'd, I'd been you know wounded with some shrapnel been shot um traumatic brain injuries from IEDs and then a number of, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough, that, that job takes a toll on your body. So finally uh, they said, Hey, you're at the end of the road. You know, you, you've got shrapnel in you, you got bullet in you, you, you've had head injury, you know, you're out of here. And um, you know, it was a big shift for us. We planned to do careers in the military, but yeah, so she was one year old at the time. And then of course, you know, like any dumb 28, 29 year old couple were like, Hey, why don't we just go start a business from scratch? Right. That makes sense. And I mean, looking back now, if I had to give myself advice, I'd be like, uh, are you crazy? No, no, go get a real job, dude. But we did. We took all of our savings. You know, we bought our farm uh, here in Montana and, and, and then we started our business uh, with everything we had. And I mean, it was all risk on. We were totally risk on. And looking back again, I realized how crazy it was at the time, though. You know, we didn't know any better. We're like, hey, we're going to make this happen. And obviously, thank God, you know, through hard work and and and, and some some wonderful blessings that the business has thrived um and and you know we're, we are where we are now but um you know that transition was tough for sure and you know growing a family too we ended up we were living in our barn for four and a half years about 700 square foot living area there we had all of our kids there so by the end you know six people living in a 700 square foot you know barn loft it was <laughs> it was pretty tight we, we at that point we could afford building our house so we built our house on the farm there but uh uh yeah you know that transition again i look back doing it um 
with our children was so important. Cause I think if I had, I not had children, I would have made some different decisions. And I knew we knew that we wanted to raise our children uh, in, in an environment where they were connected to the land, you know, on our farm, they were connected to their faith and they were very involved in our lifestyle. We homeschool our kids and have since the beginning. And we wanted to be a part of that education process. And, um, you know, looking back, those decisions we made were, were all made through the lens of fatherhood. You know, they weren't made through a business lens. They weren't made through a career lens. If we wanted to do what's best for our careers, we would have gotten out, gotten some corporate jobs that were high paying. Instead, we said, you know, we don't really care about the pay. We'd rather live our life according to our values. And if that means more risk and less money, that's fine. Uh, but we're willing to trade that for, for, for what we want uh, the lifestyle for our children to be. And just to your point, Tim, one of the reasons why, um, you know, I never understood I, I, as a civilian, I never wanted to be a military guy, never had any interest. And one of the main reasons is I could never imagine that that philosophy of putting somebody ahead of yourself or service before self mentality. Like I never got any I never understood that. And so I became a father. And then I understood that kind of mentality of putting somebody uh, somebody's livelihood ahead of your own. I started to get that a little bit. I know you guys get it built into you uh, that, that serve and grateful for it. But I never really understood that that concept until I became a father. And, and so what would you consider then, Tim? I know you talk about your faith a little bit, too. Uh, what would you consider to be the top values that you hope to instill in all your kids growing up? Number one, service, just like you said, servant leadership. You know, we tell our kids from the time they can understand you will serve. Uh, as part of this family, um, you know, you'll join the military, you'll be a firefighter, you'll be a police officer, you'll be a nurse, um, you know, you can work charity, you can be a fire, a wildland firefighter, uh, whatever it is, but but you will be of service. Uh, if you carry the Sheehy name, you will be of service at some point. It doesn't have to be your whole life, you don't have to do 30 years in the army, uh, but at some point you will understand what it means, as you just said, to put uh, others' well-being and others' lives ahead of your own. And really that's at the root of service, you know, putting on a uniform and saying, I'm going to put myself in harm's way so that you can be safe. I'm going to run into those twin towers so you can run out. I'm going to go to Iraq so you don't have to. I'm going to go out and, and carry a Pulaski tool and fight that wildfire to protect our community so that you're safe. Um, so right off the bat, service and servant leadership. Second is leave everything better than you found it. Work very hard to leave whatever you, whatever you have better than you found it. The land, uh, your, your room, uh, your community, uh, your company if you work there. And, you know, it's gotten the point just yesterday, we were out, uh, just snowed here, but we were out uh, going to check on the horses. And, you know, my, my six-year-old, uh, he's obsessed with leaving everything better than he found. If he ever sees anything, trash, you know, a bottle cap on the ground, he picks it up and puts it in his pocket uh, to take back and put in the trash can. And, and yesterday, even though it was, you know, we didn't have any gloves on, there was six inches of snow on the ground. He saw, you know, somehow a piece of paper blown off the road into our and it was stuck under a, a juniper tree. And he kind of crawled over their hands in the snow and grabbed this piece of garbage that was stuck in his pocket and said, oh, Dad, you know, we got to pick up the litter. Got to leave things better, right? And said, exactly. So, you know, we really try to inculcate that into that. And then, of course, the golden rule, treat others like you want to be treated. Um, you know, you don't have to be, uh, you don't have to be, uh, give everyone everything you have all the time. But, um, you know, d don't treat anyone else uh, different than you would rather be treated yourself. And trying that from a really early stage. And of course, as you know, as a father uh, and as mothers, um, you can say whatever you want, but at the end of the day, the kids really look at what you do. Uh, and from an early age, it's an early age, uh, they mirror everything you do. And, and what you say is fine, but what you do is far more important. And they emulate that uh, way earlier uh, in their life cycle than they do what you tell them. And, uh, and you know, I, I learned that the hard way once, you know, I was, at, uh, I was at kind of a work party with some folks and we were smoking some cigars and, you know, doing our thing. And and a couple of days later, at the time, my one and a half year old son, 
you know, gra- grabbed a stick and he had a stick in his mouth like a cigar. And I mean, he's seen me smoke cigar once, once in his little life, because I don't do it very often. But all he had to do was see me do it once. And all of a sudden he was doing the same. So just, you know, lead by example, which, as you alluded to, these are lessons we learn in the military, but they apply so well uh, to fatherhood. Yeah. And one of the things I talk about a lot on this show, Tim, is the fatherless crisis that we have going on in our country. So many kids growing up without a father or father figure. And it really has a devastating impact. And one of the reasons why that's so important is the discipline aspect that comes from a father. And I definitely discipline my sons a little bit differently than I discipline my daughter. Uh, Thank God my wife balances that out a little bit for us. But what what, what kind of disciplinarian would you say? I mean, obviously, as a Navy SEAL, you're a well-disciplined person yourself. But what kind of uh, are you a spanker, timeout guy? What kind of disciplinarian are you as a dad? And is that different than the discipline style you grew up? with you know i i I was blessed to have an amazing uh uh strong intact um mom and dad growing up um you know i I know it's a lot harder for kids who had broken families or you know had to go between mom and dad's house or didn't have a father as you said because that absolutely is a a trend we're seeing and it's so deeply disturbing um but you know you have to set boundaries you know you got to reward good behavior punish bad that simple and it's got to be clear what good behavior is and um, absolutely spank uh, if needed. And uh, the key, though, is to not overuse it, because if you start spanking for everything, you know, it starts to lose its meaning. I probably spank each of my kids. You know, I can count on one hand the amount of times I've done each. But when it happens, they know. And, and for example, one was my oldest daughter when she was about three, you know, started to run into the street and, and I caught her. I mean, she would have gotten craned by a van driving by. And I, I grabbed her just before she ran in the street and I spanked the daylights out of her because I said she had to know that, listen, you see pavement, you stop and you wait for us to go with you. And, and to this day, she still stops at the edge of that curve at 10 years old. And she doesn't move until either we're with her or she knows what's coming. So um, it, it, it's for their own good. And you have to set those those standards early and you got to hold to them. And then you got to hold yourself to them, too. You know, um, th- that can be the hardest thing sometimes as a parent yeah. is you're telling your kids to do something. And then, you know, you better not do the opposite because they have no filter. They tell you right away. Hey, daddy, you told me I couldn't drink soda. Now you're drinking soda. And I, oh. All right. I'll I'll gently throw that away. (laughs) Yeah, that definitely gets more difficult in the teenage years. My oldest is 17. I got a 17, 16, 12 and nine. So it's uh, it definitely gets more difficult to to hold yourself to the fire when you're trying to discipline them for sure. And you said now, obviously, you're running for U.S. Senate now. This is a big decision. I know not just for you, but for your entire family. Uh, What 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 was the conversation like for your wife and with your wife on making this decision? What made you decide to run and where can the people go to support the campaign? Yeah, TimForMT.com, TimForMT.com, learn more about our race, uh, about me and my family, why we're doing this. But, you know, why we decided to get in is, you know, the summer 2021, uh, again, we're an aero firefighting company. We were out flying fires, watching Kabul collapse, watching the disastrous withdrawal, how we abandoned our troops and our allies there. And uh, having fought there, my wife fought there, all of our friends did. Um, you know, military has become a family business and, and it's become a, a, you know, a, a click business too, where normally, you know, everyone's friends served as well. So within our community, it was, it, it was such a painful thing to watch our nation's longest war that we fought so hard for collapse in such a disgraceful manner. So that was the first time I started to really look at politics and said, man, I'm a business owner. I'm a father. Um, you know, if this is the kind of behavior we can expect from our government, something's got to change. So got engaged, started donating, hosting events, went to our, our, our local congressman at the time, Ryan Zinke, um, actually pinned my purple heart on me back when I was a SEAL. So I'd known him for years um, uh, and reached out to him as well as some other politicians and said, listen, you know, get me engaged. I want to help. I'll host events with you guys, fundraisers. I'll speak at events, whatever, whatever, uh, you know, I can do to help because we have to have change. And um, 
And that process got to know a lot of the community and, and they pulled me aside earlier this year and said, listen, um, you know, we have a very important Senate race coming up next year. And, and we think your message and your candidacy resonates. We'd like you to consider running. And so I went, went back home that day with my wife and said, listen, you know, here's what I've been asked to do. And we talked about getting more involved and making a better future for our kids. This is probably the best chance we're ever going to have to do that. And it was about a 30 second conversation. She said, you have to do it. We have to do it. Um, you know, the, the, just like she was a Marine, I was a SEAL. The country calls you to serve. You don't say no, no, thanks. It's not a, it's not a good time. There's never a good time for, for anything. I mean, people say, oh, it's a bad time for this. It's a bad time for that. I talk to people who are thinking about having kids. I say, wow, it's not the right time. And I tell them, you know, my wife and I, we weren't planning. It just happened. I said, there's no perfect time. If you wait for the perfect time to have a child, um, it's not going to happen. And I think the perfect time for 1%, same thing. I don't think there is a perfect time. It's, it's, a, it's a tough road. You know, you get attacked from all angles. You, you get turned into a, to a, you know, a terrible image intentionally by the other side. So there's really no good time to undertake an adventure like this. But, um, you know, it, it's a necessary time. America's um, at a time for choosing right now. We have some really hard decisions to make in the next few years. And I think we need a new generation of leaders uh, to help lead us through this very, very challenging time. And, and it's really a blessing to have guys like you get into the fight too, Tim. So many of the Navy SEALs now are, are getting in the political arena. I think it's good. I think, it, number one, I think it's a blessing that we have access to so many of the Navy SEALs now through podcasts, books, and so much because you guys have gained so much knowledge and experience and you know what it what it takes when you're going to send people off to war. You guys have lived it. You've lost people there. So I think the people that are making these decisions should actually know what's at stake when they're there. And I know I've had several of them on the podcast here on First Class Fatherhood, Eli Crane, Derek Van Orden, uh, Morgan Luttrell. They've all been on here all great dads and so i'm just glad to see that you guys are in the fight and best of luck to you with the campaign i'm going to put the link down there in the description below so my listeners can tap it check it out and find out more about you and you alluded to it just there but the last thing i want to hit you with here tim i love to ask all the dads that i get on the podcast what type of advice do you have for that brand new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening cherish every minute cherish every minute because you don't know what moment you're going to spend with that child that they're going to remember and embody and uh just cherish every moment and remember that how you behave with them, uh, that, that they emulate everything you say and do. So be very careful about, about the emotions that you show and the words you use because uh, they absorb all of it, uh, the good and the bad. So uh, be thoughtful about it and, and cherish it. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing ride and it's the greatest honor. Greatest honor of your life is to be a father. And, and that's why we're doing this. I mean, that's why we're here. One of our campaign slogans is for America's future. We're doing this for America's future. Um, you know, we can't hand our children a nation in such deep distress Otherwise, they're not going to have the same lives we had. So for America's future, we need a new generation of leaders. And, and as you alluded to, we're at one of the lowest participation rates in the history of this nation of veterans in Congress. Uh, you know, it used to be over 70 percent in the post-World War II days. Now we're at about 17 percent. And there's very few people in that building who are resourcing um, our military and crafting our national strategy that have actually worn the uniform and know what it means to set foot on the field of battle. So we need to send uh, more fathers and more servants uh, to Congress to hopefully return some common sense to this government. And that's why we're doing it for America's future. Tim from T.com. Yeah, very well said. Uh, I love the message. Again, the link to your campaign is down there in the description below. Uh, Tim Shee, uh, it's an honor to have you on the show. You're a first class father all the way. And thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Honor to be here. Take care. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. Please visit www.firstclassfatherhood.com to find out more details. You can order First Class Fatherhood Advice and Wisdom from high-profile dads on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. 
Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Proverbs 22.6 tells us, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will never depart from it. God bless, and I'll catch you next time.